What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Buck Baloo Show. Buck would be keeping it real. I'm sure he's keeping it real on an island somewhere, kicking back and watching old VHS copies of the 1980 season. What? Evaluating every handoff and pass to Lindsey Scott. Buck's been gone this week. He'll be back next week after a much-deserved vacation. I am Mike Morgan once again filling in. And as always, I love the unique challenge of stuffing a lot of great stories and content into about 42 minutes of showtime that's the challenge that we face here on the buck blue show because the man just wouldn't give buck an hour and a half so we do it all in 60 minutes and we got a lot to get to seth emerson covers the georgia bulldogs as well as anybody i've known seth since he was a reporter in south carolina 15 years ago and i think again not only does he cover georgia well he just covers college athletics extremely well he'll join us in the second segment He'll be on the one and only Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Live. Later on in the show, I'm going to talk about this weekend in the NFL. I, I liken it to, like, purgatory. It's not awful, but it's not great. I'll explain later on. But first, it's time for the big thought, courtesy of not Buck, but myself. Buck's Big Take. I got a couple things for this big take. Number one, I'll, I'll throw this out there right now. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in on the 680 The Fan app and you have access to Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, I'm at Morgan on Air. We're at 680 The Fan. Derek, I don't know when the last time you went to a movie theater. Uh, I don't go very often anymore post-COVID, but it really the slump for me started pre-COVID because Hollywood has clearly run out of ideas. So if you don't like movies about people in, in tights and capes providing superpowers, and I outgrew that when I was about nine, no offense. I have many friends that are just all in on all in on Marvel, and they're in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. God bless you. It, you, you do you. It's just not for me. Uh, nor is a bunch of meatheads driving around in muscle cars and solving crime or whatever Vin Diesel does. Those movies make so much money, and I don't care. They, they, they make it, it's insane. <laughs> and so Hollywood has the calculus, right? Like I get it. They they know that the movies that are well written and have a good story and are well acted, they flop at the box office. They don't do well. So the only other option that I have is a biopic or biopic or however you want to call it. And I'm all about documentaries. That's the number one thing I spend $20 a month on Netflix for. 
It's funny you say that. I was thinking I'm racking my brain the last time I went to a movie theater. I did actually go see Oppenheimer. I saw Oppenheimer Before as well. that, I hadn't been to a movie in quite a while. I, I saw Oppenheimer. There's a, uh, used to be the Cinebistro in Brookhaven. Now it's something else. Uh, they're not a sponsor, so I'm not giving them a plug. But uh, you go there, you eat your food, you get your pizza, and you sit back, you watch. Uh, I have a sickness. I can't watch a movie without eating popcorn. It's I'm like Pavlov's Pavlov's dog. I just it's a it's something psychological in me. So I I down way too much popcorn with heavy butter. Uh, probably put my cholesterol up 15 points. But I I go and I see Napoleon because that's the one movie that again nobody's wearing tights and a cape and they're not in a muscle car doing whatever Vin Diesel does. This is one of the few movies that's come out lately that I am very yes. intrigued by. Joaquin Phoenix, outstanding actor. Okay. Big thing, yeah. He's good in everything. Now, I'll be honest with you. Like, my knowledge of that part of history is not great. Like, I'm fascinated by contemporary American history, post-World War II stuff. The 60s alone, I could watch 27 documentaries on that and be captivated by it. Uh, so I had to, like, do my due diligence and do a little recap on the French Revolution and who Napoleon was and whatnot. And, and really who he was, you know, he was a dictator. He was brilliant. He was nomadic, uh, enigmatic, and he had a lot of affairs with random women. In, in college football terms... And he was short, too. That's all I heard. Right? He, he, that's true. Okay. He's very short. Very short. In college football terms, minus the short part, he was the Bobby Petrino of his time. Okay? He was, he was like Bobby Petrino. Like, you didn't like Napoleon, but you had to respect his game plan because the guy won a lot of battles. He really did. So he, he's not the guy you want at the at the table over the holidays. But if you want to win a battle back in the day, remember back then you only had like cannons and muskets or whatever. You didn't have nuclear weapons. They fought wars a little differently back then than they do now. So I thought the movie was pretty good. I I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it 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 killed a couple hours. Maybe it dragged a little bit. But you know, there's a love story. You got to get the women involved. My wife enjoyed it, which I was shocked. Uh, that's not the kind of movie she would normally like. But it it was a good flick for what it was. And then I started thinking about it and and what I used to go, because I travel a lot. I'm I'm in SC cities all probably nine months out of the year. And the first thing I used to do is I'd get off the plane or after a long drive to Tuscaloosa or Knoxville, uh, Athens, I would get out and, and just go see a movie by myself, decompress, get uh, get acclimated to the town. Well, now it's hard to do that because Hollywood has run out of ideas. Um, if, if you want a good comedy, good luck. Whatever happened to like the romantic comedy with John Cusack? Does he get the girl? Does he not get the girl? Do you like him? Do you not like him? Is he going to take uh, a boombox and play Peter Gabriel to, to, to land the girl? Who knows? You know, those were... Or what about a classic two-star movie like Roadhouse? Is it simplistic? Yeah. Is it is it Citizen Kane? No. But if it's on cable, admit it. You're like me. You watch it every time. Varsity Blues is not a great movie, but damn it, I'm I'm. It's a tan. It, it, it's a tan. That that guy was from Georgia, by the way. I did a deep dive on him years ago on another station here in Atlanta, and and he passed away. He he was like 400 pounds. Talking about Billy Bob. Then he lost all the weight, and, and then he died. There's a, there's a moral to that story. I just don't know what it is. Uh, so anyway, you can't find much out there. You can't even find like a, a rewatchable sports movie like Varsity Blues or Blue Chips or Major League 7. They just don't make those anymore. So on Twitter, you can hit me up at Morgan on Air at 680TheFan. A movie that you loved that would never be made in Hollywood today could be because it's politically incorrect. I've already got some people that said Blazing Saddles.
Yeah, Blazing Saddles would have been canceled in like the first 11 minutes and then would have been canceled 100 more times. But it doesn't have to be politically incorrect. It could just be a movie that, like, they don't make a movie like Scent of a Woman anymore or My Cousin Vinny. Like, these are classic movies. They're they're not going to make those movies anymore because they don't. The calculus is, uh, again, a guy in tights jumping over buildings and shooting a spider web. That's going to make millions. And the other thought-provoking movie with a script is going to make 10 cents. So they... They've eliminated that. Yeah, our, our buddy Heath down the hall said, zapped uh, with the infamous Heather Thomas uh, sweater scene. Yeah, that's not being made anymore. Neither is Hard Bodies 1 or 2. have to two. jump on the Google real fast. Yeah, that might be a little before your time. Those of us, if, if, you're, if you're in your 40s or maybe late 30s, then, then you, you know that movie. It's, it, I mean, that's a one-star movie, but damn it, back then. It looks uh, provocative. It, it was definitely provocative. So for those who want the tickets... Oh, wow. Okay. To Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Heather Thomas. Uh, Google it. Uh, and, and to see Chicago, that'll be at the, let's see, uh, Alpharetta, the Ameris Bank Amphitheater, August 19th, 2024. Make your plans in advance here. You need a good seven months to get prepped for this kind of concert. Uh, we'll give away a pair of tickets to uh, the best entry on that, the kind of movie that uh, you loved that would never be made in Hollywood today. And again, it's at uh, 680 The Fan, at Morgan on air, and then we'll get your DM info, DM, and all that other good stuff, and we'll make sure you get the tickets. Um, the other thought I have, and this will kind of lead into our, our interview with Seth, Seth a little bit, as I'm looking now at the transfer portal in college football, there are over 1,000 players in the portal, and there is a significant amount of established quarterbacks. Of course, one of them is a former Bulldog going to Kentucky and Vandegrift. But it doesn't stop there. I mean, you look at Cam Ward at Washington State. Like, this is a legit, really established quality quarterback. And yet, uh, he's getting out of Dodge. You know, Pullman, and they, they, they've they been exiled from what was the pack. And, and they're going to probably merge with the Mountain West, whatever. But, I mean, the list doesn't stop there. There are a lot of good-looking quarterbacks that are going to find a new home. You saw Sam Hartman go from Wake to Notre Dame last year. God knows how bad Notre Dame might have been if they didn't have Sam Hartman. Um, so I, I just look at this now and, and here's my thoughts on, on where we are. NIL doesn't really bother me. I always thought college athletes deserve more of the pie. They're getting it now. It's great. I mentioned yesterday, the going rate for a starting quarterback in the SEC and a lot of other conferences for that matter, it's seven figures. Like you're not getting a guy for 350. They are, uh, there's guys making 1.2, 1.5, 1.6, 1.8. If you believe the reports for the kid out of Tennessee, who's going to be their future, uh, it's the first digit before the first comma is not a one, but it's a higher number. So pay we, that man his money. They pay that man his money. Absolutely, Grandma. Uh, get Grandma, go ahead and shake him down for it. Little Rounders. That's another movie that never would be made today. Never. Hollywood's not making Rounders, and that's a good flick. So it's a shame. So we're at the point. It's it's clearly free agency. It's pay for play. But when I talk to coaches, and I'm in coaches' meetings typically before a game on a on a Friday, what have you. And this goes back to even a long conversation I had with Nick Saban last year. It's not the the money that's going into getting players that's the biggest thing that they're annoyed with, stressed out about, uh, crying holy hell over. It's the fact that it's not pay for play, it's pay for stay. That you get ahead, you go ahead and you get a kid to come to your school and you sell them on the coaching staff and the culture and everything else. And then he has a wandering eye and for an extra hundred grand, He's leaving you in an instant. 
and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. It doesn't matter. So it's tr- it's free agency in its truest form, except unlike in the NFL, the NFL guys have to honor their contracts, right? Or you don't get paid. So when you go uh, if the free agency route, as everybody in the NFL does at some point or another, and your agent says, okay, we got an interest here from the Bears. We've got some more interest from the Broncos. Here's what they're offering. Here's what they're once you go there and sign your three-year deal, you don't just get to jump ship, take your contract money and go elsewhere. It's not the way it works. But with NIL, you pocket the cash, and then you can just go ahead and leave somewhere else. It is truly unorganized, no guardrails, complete wild, wild west. So even if you're for complete uh, free agency and players having more rights and leaving whatever you want to do, whatever you want to leave, that's great. But it, it's not necessarily the, the way it's supposed to be set up. So clearly something has to be done there. And we'll talk more with uh, with Seth about that. Matt Ryan, I caught this with CBS Sports, our beloved former quarterback here in the ATL. This is him talking about how it's affecting the landscape of quarterback and quarterback development in the college game and then later on in the pros. I think it's a bad thing in terms of like development for these quarterbacks. I I think there's so much that you learn, you know, at least from my perspective, like during my time at BC, there's so much that you learn during the struggle, right? Of, of getting better, how to deal with it. And I think all of those lessons that I learned during that time really helped me during my NFL career, but like it's the current climate and, and I don't blame the players now for exploring, you know, whatever options are best for them. It's free agency. You know, every player is in free agency every year. It's not just free agency. It is truly the wild, wild West. It's like the wild, wild West right now. Everybody is available to go anywhere they want. And I think for the long-term benefit of players in growth and development and this process you know, in, in a way of getting ready for the NFL and, and, you know, learning to go through the struggles that come your way because they're going to come in the NFL. Again, it's it's a new reality, and it's no longer the kids that, like, in the case of Vandergriff, this is a, a case where he realizes he might not play. So quarterbacks have always transferred when they're unable to get some run on the field. But we have a ton of established guys that they're guaranteed to start where they are. They're guaranteed to get NIL money. They're guaranteed to be beloved by the coaching staff, the fans, and everything. And they're still like, no. Nah, I got an extra, I got more in the bag over here. That's where we truly are now in college football. All right, we'll talk more about this with uh, Seth Emerson. He will join us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line when we come back. It is the Buck Baloo Show on 680 The Fan. Oh, oh. Ah, the circle of life, doing a show with David Hubbard and the updates. But like 10 years ago, I'm telling you. Always good to hear the dulcet tones of David Hubbard. Hubby Hub, the best update man of the business. Ah, speaking of the best, we've got one of the best coming up. On the Hobson and Hobson guest line, talk some Georgia Bulldogs as we open up the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, far side like 15 10, 5. Get in there! Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Well, everything that was said in that sounder was 100% accurate, except uh, it is Mike Morgan fill it in for Buck. But we're still going to do the Bulldog Roundtable, and we're still going to have one of the best in the business at covering the University of Georgia. He is 
the one and only senior writer. I guess that means we're all getting older for the athletic. Covering Georgia football, the SEC, and college football in general. Seth Emerson joining us now. Seth, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just kind of funny. I was just talking with our update guy how we've come full circle because we both worked at another sports station in Atlanta for a while. And you and I were in South Carolina at the same right. time some 15 years ago. And then you get the Georgia uh, job, I think, in 2010. And I was yes. thinking about this when you took that job where Georgia football was, which was not in a bad place at all, but right. clearly not the absolute blue blood that it has turned into the the juggernaut that it has turned into even with the absence in a playoff uh today so so tell me now in your in your 13 years as you've watched this metamorphosis of sorts uh what has it been like to cover that and and see it i mean what what were the first tea leaves you were able to to kind of see that you're like okay yeah this is going to be georgia's always been good but they're about to reach a different level I'd say it's, uh, you know, it it was 2017, obviously, for everybody. I mean, I'm going to give the boring answer because in 2015, when they fired Mark Richt, there there was a lot of people will claim now they thought it was the right thing to do and that they knew that Kirby Smart was the guy, but they, they didn't. And 2016 did not go well. They went backwards. They went eight and five. They lost at home to Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt. Mm. They got smoked at Ole Miss. Um, so there were there were signs that you know this wasn't going well. Um, but he was slowly doing things. Kirby was uh, behind the scenes to change the culture, change the mentality. Um, and it was just 2017 that things got going and to go all the way to the national championship game and damn near win it. Um, everything since then, it's just kind of been a continuation of that. There's been fits and starts obviously with, with the offense and then a little bit with the defense this year, quarterback getting the right guy. Uh, it ends up being a walk on. Um, after having Justin Fields and Jacob Eason and uh, guys like that in here and JT Daniels. Um, but, yeah, I mean, everything's changed since 2010, um, despite, you know, they, they're coming off of a 29-game win streak, and they're uh, complaining about the play calling of Mike Bobo in a big game, which they were, <laughs> oh, wait, no, they were doing that. In that happened before. Also. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that part hasn't changed. But everything else uh, clearly, ha- well, you're, you the off- offensive line coach and the is the same guy. Mm-hmm. The offensive coordinator and quarterback coach is the same guy, and Brian McClendon is still on the staff. So those things are the same from 2010 when I got here, but otherwise. You know, I, I just as a quick aside, you and I have been around this conference for a long time. I think we can both look at it from an objective point of view. The 29 in a row, I don't think that's broken in our lifetime. I really don't. I, I think people are taking that for granted now, like, that'll stand up the test of 10 years from now. We're going to look back and go, how in the hell did anybody not, win 29 in a row? Not with the Super Conference era that we're in. Um, look at Georgia's schedule next year. Look at everybody's schedule. And nobody in the Big Ten and SEC is going to be able to do that. No. You know, 12-0 and 0, one year is going to be really tough. In, a, in Super Conferences with – no divisions that's right. that's the big thing because yeah. if there were no divisions probably what would be happening is oklahoma and texas joining the west and alabama and auburn slide to the east so you know you you obviously the alabama game would be tough for georgia on paper but you could see them 
win that and win the East and then get the right games out of the West. Now, no. Now they scramble the whole picture. That's what's happening for everybody in the SEC and the Big Ten. ACC and Big 12, you may get a really good team that can go on a run, but then they'll have to run into the playoffs. Right. It's, these, yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. You're right. I, I I just don't see it. You know, you, to, to, ask, to ask a team to win back-to-back SEC championship games, back-to-back in, uh, national championships in a playoff format, and then the grind of, of the SEC. I, I don't I don't see that coming. Um, that being said, I caught a little bit of one of your, um, I don't know if it's a podcast, an interview, what have you. And you were talking with another gentleman, and you were basically saying, look, if Georgia loses this game, they're probably not getting in the playoff. And obviously yeah. you were right. Uh, that being said, did you, A, were you surprised that Alabama got in? And B, did that just add fuel to the fire for Georgia fans to go, well, wait a minute, if Alabama's in, can't we get in two as a team that lost by three points on a neutral field and won 29 in a row? Yeah, I, I think I, I didn't see as much anger from Georgia fans, Georgia people, as 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 maybe you might expect. Um, I know Buck was, um, and there were some other people, but I think people kind of understood that this was a different year and that if you did take the selection committee at literally it's the four best teams, it's hard to say Georgia's not one of the four best. The problem is they're just – who are you going to put them in over? Did I think Georgia on a neutral site would beat? I mean, they did not beat Alabama, obviously. In a rematch, maybe they do because we saw that two years ago happen. But I, I, what I wrote the Monday or Tuesday of championship week was if Georgia loses to Alabama, it's not going to make the playoff. But if Georgia beats Alabama, it's going to win the national championship because I thought it was better than everybody. Uh, that was projected to make the field. Texas was actually the one that I thought would be the stiffest competition. Um, So, you know, but there's a subjective case for Georgia over basically all these teams that they would, you would favor them over Michigan, you would favor them over Washington. Um, Texas has one loss, Georgia has one loss, but it's more that there just wasn't room there in a 14 field. And like I wrote the night of the game, Georgia is a perfect case for why the playoffs is expanding because that's a team that's not going to make it in a four team field. But if there were a 12 team field, they would probably go in by the seedings. They'd be the sixth seed. They'd have a home game in the first round. And a lot of people would be putting a lot of money on Georgia now to win the national championship. I don't think there's any question. Uh, and, And by the way, for those, and I get it why Florida State fans are upset. I, I get it why, why some fan bases or just general fans are upset. Just rem- remember now. Remind yourself. And, and Greg Sankey, Sankey certainly reminded everybody uh, on game day on Saturday. We were going to have a 12-team playoff this year. Yes. yes. The, the bowl alliance of the ACC, Big Ten, and PAC, whatever, uh, most of those guys have been fired uh, if not left for what they consider greener pastures, they insisted to kind of stick it to Greg. Well, no, 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 no. We're yes. going to stay with four another year. So never forget that. Never lose sight of that, folks. Don't lose your intensity when you're making that case. Uh, it's, we've reached the bottom of the hour, 30 minutes past the hour at 10 o'clock. Mike Morgan in for Buck Blue here on 680 The Fan. Our guest is Seth Emerson of The Athletic on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker line. Uh, the Vandegrift transfer shouldn't come as a concern. I, I opened up the show, Seth, about where we are in the transfer portal and that you've got a, a lot of established quarterbacks that are just leaving for a 
bigger, better deal financially. That's obviously not the case here. You have to believe Vandegrift looked at the potential for no playing time in 2024 and decided, I want to play, so he's going to Lexington. Right. No assurance. And now let's, I'm sure he's getting something NIL wise sure. at Kentucky. Um, but th- there was no assurance of anything at Georgia. But you'll notice that Carson Beck has not announced he's returning yet. So I, I, I don't know if Beck is just kind of feeling his way through the process, but has given some indications to Vandergriff that he's probably coming back, or if Vandergriff and his father and his family just said, you know what, we, we just want a fresh start. We, you know, they, they probably looked at the situation at Kentucky. They, you know, the, the people in this business know each other. There are ways through back channels to uh, do your research and contact people and probably looked at that offense and that system and said, yeah, that'll, that'll work for us. We might work in that system. Um, so, Vandergriff going in the portal Monday and announcing Wednesday he's going to Kentucky does not mean that Carson Beck is a done deal going back to Georgia. I would bet on it right now, but it's not 100% done deal. Um, and, you know, if he surprises some people and decides to declare, then I think Georgia's going to be jumping into the portal too. I, I was reading some of the draft projects, uh, projections for Carson Beck on uh, Tuesday's show, and – one of them I saw had him 45th overall. Of course, that is just a that's a moving target, A, and that's just somebody's opinion, B. But clearly, second half of Auburn on, he reminded everybody he's got an NFL arm. He's got enough mobility. He's not a statue back there. And certainly he showed the ability to grasp the offense uh, throughout the second half of the season. So where do you what do you think is being weighed uh, right now for Beck and his camp on whether or not to come back for another year? It, it's got to be the draft projections. The chance to, the, the argument for going would be you have a better chance of being picked by a good team, maybe end of the first round, uh, somewhere in the second. Um, you know, you're, I mean, Caleb Williams and Drake may kind of, they know they're going to a bad team. <laughs> so, um, but they're going to get a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other part of it for Beck would be, well, bet on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. right now you're projected around that area, 35 to 50 or whatever, but go have a good pro day, go have a good combine, have good workouts and, and rise because what well, it's probably either him or Jaden Daniels as the third QB. And if Williams and May are going very high, like first three, first five picks, whatever it ends up being, if someone else wants a quarterback, there's, there's, there's a chance for someone to jump in there. Um, on the other hand, the argument might be, well, there's no guarantee any of that will happen. But if you come back next year, your second year as a starter, you have a chance to vault yourself into that Williams May territory for the 2025 draft. Um, so yeah, you know, and what I'd say also the other argument for going now would be get the clock started. You know, you, the sooner you go, the sooner you get started for the second contract. But I do think ultimately one of the you know you got to remember these guys are competitors and also just they're human beings. There's probably a big part of Carson Beck that doesn't like the way this season has ended and. Also, he spent three years holding a clipboard at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, when he started his first game, or when he started this year, it's the first time he had started since his senior year in high school. You know, I, 
there's a part of him that's going to be like, all right, I have no guarantees what I'm doing in the NFL next year, but I know that I will be starting and playing all next year at Georgia. That's got to figure in that. Well, and, and betting on yourself as two different versions now, right? I mean, you mentioned one, I can bet on myself that I'm going to have a good combine and elevate my stock, or I can bet on myself, make seven figures in NIL money at Georgia for another year, uh, show what I can do uh, for a 13, 14, 15, whatever game season next year, maybe win a title, and everybody will have me in the first round. I mean, if Stetson Bennett as a 24-year-old guy that's undersized and without a candidate of an arm can go in the middle rounds, Certainly, Beck could play his way into being a first-rounder, maybe even a top-ten pick. Right, right. And I think there's that's a calculation that's going on right now. I don't think it's, as some have speculated, like trying to get more money out of Georgia NIL-wise and the collective or anything. I think it's getting feedback from the NFL and just trying to take your time and make the right decision on what's going to happen. What is interesting, though, is there's still more than a month until he has to declare. But it's interesting that this process is being pushed up for not only Beck, but a lot of players so that their current teams, because I think it's, it's Kirby Smart and their coaches reasonably are saying, we'd like to know now, because if you are going to go pro, we need to go in the portal to get somebody. Now the deadline to sign someone out of the portal is not January 4th, but that's the deadline to go in. So there, there's still... This whole calendar is weird. This whole calendar is just something they have to look at, but it's like everything with college sports <laughs> now. You know, when it's it's a mess because nobody is in charge, um, and until somebody is actually in charge, it's going to you – know, this year's mess will be replaced by next year's mess. That's right. And so on and so forth. It's a rudderless ship. That is uh, no yeah. question about that. Let me ask one more before we kind of look ahead. I, I I was puzzled. Did I miss something with Jermaine Burton, uh, why he showed his rear end at the end of that game? Like, What does he have to be bitter at Georgia for? I think that he probably knows what was said about him when he left. Um, it's probably more aimed at the fans. Okay. He, you know, he left after winning a national championship and beating Alabama, um, but it was pretty clear that it was a – business decision which i don't think you can really fault him for he looked no. at george's offense and said you know and brock bowers is a freshman who has two more years eligibility he wanted to go be a thousand yard receiver somewhere and alabama said you can do that here no. um but the result was a lot of georgia fans and stuff taking shots at him and you know i think uh you, you got to have thicker skin um which people by the way in our own business uh probably need to have thicker skin too yeah i'm i'm, I'm with you on I'm, that i just I'm speaking of somebody <laughs> of somebody who, who also took a shot at georgia fans over the weekend have a thicker skin people uh no doubt about it hey um this is the unique the other thing that's heavily flawed with the sport that we love in college football but that is if if you're not in the playoff you have a load of opt-outs um i'm asking you to do the impossible and project potential opt-outs here but are you hearing anything in terms of key players that might sit out for georgia uh i mean only speculative at this point that because of injuries that bowers mcconkey and mims would be the most likely that is speculative you have to remember that um bowers came back and played when mm -hmm. You know, after only missing two games following tightrope surgery, when some people said he should opt out then. So I don't think it's a guarantee. But, um, I mean, they'll have opt-outs. Uh, 
Kirby said Sunday night that as of that point, he had not had firm conversations with people about that. And I don't know that he has um, because I think right now they've been working on the portal and recruiting. So he probably hasn't had a chance to sit down with every player that is, is going to opt out. And on the injury front, if McConkie and Bowers don't opt out, how are they going to be health-wise? I mean, clearly McConkie could barely move in that yeah. SEC championship game. Well, you got a month off. I think Bowers in particular, you know, he, he Bowers played and played most of the snaps, not 100%. Mm. Um, still, but you'd think that after another month, the soreness will go away. McConkie, maybe a little bit more time uh, will, will help him. You know, I mean, he, he was also able to play through it, but... I mean, why would they play in a bowl game that is, at this point, a glorified exhibition? By the way, this is another reason for playoff expansion, Mm -hmm. that these games matter. Like, Georgia and Florida State are fun teams to watch right now. Missouri is a fun team to watch, and it would be much more fun to watch them. Oregon, Ohio State, we'd be able to see them in meaningful playoff games where players are not opting out in a 12-team playoff. And we'll get that next year. This year, we're going to get... You know, we'll see them in bowl games where people will see people in those uniforms and those helmets, but they won't be the same teams because of players are sitting out because they're not meaningful games anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that's not going away. And, you know, a, a swag bag is not going to enhance. No guy is going to be a, a top 50 pick of the NFL draft to, to play and, and put himself at risk. That's for sure. Uh, the most important and pressing question before we let you jump off here, Seth, and that is I was talking about how Hollywood has run out of ideas. Give me, <laughs> give me, I did see Napoleon last night. Not a bad flick. Uh, give me a movie that you love that you know Hollywood would never make today, either because it's politically incorrect or, quite frankly, they just they've done the calculus and it, it doesn't have a man in tights with superpowers or a meathead driving a fast car, so therefore they just wouldn't make it. Uh, first one that jumps to mind is Blazing Saddles. Yeah, that's been taken, yep. I've, yeah, I've got a <laughs> 10-year-old who I am starting to show movies and, and I can't show him that yet because of one particular word that is used over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't do that now. Uh, yeah, that, that's the first one that jumps to mind okay um, someone already took that i can't somebody already took it, but i mean there's benign movies that would never be made like a scent of a woman would never be made like it just because it wouldn't make that. money so i don't yeah you never yeah. saw scent of a woman somebody sent a dvd copy or a streaming uh, link to seth please seth, yeah i, yeah, I know i you know chris o'donnell i know i know, yeah. but I, know yeah. I haven't i haven't seen it yeah no i I'll, it's one of those things, Mike. I'll think of when I when I get off the phone with you. But I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't seen Oppenheimer. I haven't seen Barbie. Um, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna stream whatever. We're football season with kids in school is not I a great you. time for watching movies. No, no, no. So, no. And by football season, I mean like mid July when yes. we're at SEC Media Day starting then. So right. This bowl season is now when the Emerson family starts to catch up. On. I understand. Well, maybe I'll catch you, uh, if not on the football game, uh, covering a Georgia basketball team uh, this year. I think Mike White's got a much better squad. So maybe I'll see you at the Steg uh, later on. Seth, always appreciate right. it. Uh, again, proud to see how much uh, you've been able to uh, accomplish and expand your portfolio over the years. Keep up the great work at The Athletic, and uh, we'll Thank talk you, to you soon. Mike. No, appreciate right, it. Take care. Thanks, buddy. Be good. Seth Emerson. Uh, does as good a job as anybody covering not just Georgia, quite frankly, but uh, just college football 
in general. Seth on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Uh, we had another vote, by the way, a movie that Hollywood would never make today, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, I don't think Buford T. Justice would go over well with the censors uh, in making that film. But even if it was a clean version, even if it was like the TBS edited version, they're not making a movie about a guy driving in a Trans Am cross-country was being chased by a county mountie. Like, they're not, they're not doing that. And that made me think of Deliverance. Could we have that? Oh, anymore? gosh. <laughs> Deliverance. <laughs> that would not see the light of day. No, no. I mean, but even if you took that scene out, what is that movie? It's based on a book, I know. But what is that movie? It's a bunch of guys going down a river because they're about to get rid of it for a power plant here in the beloved state of Georgia. That movie's not being made. That's not that's not making a hundred million dollars. So it, it like all the answers so far on again at six eighty the fan at Morgan on air, uh, our Harris Cherokee Casinos Twitter feed, and we'll give away a pair of tickets to uh, one of those answers. It doesn't have to be obscene to not be made today. It just has to be a movie that they figure it can't be a box office smash, so they're not even going to bother. So maybe it goes straight to Netflix or some other uh, streaming service. All right, we'll take a timeout. I'm going to switch to a little bit of NFL and, and, the, and the final segment, the big giveaway, the final word, if you will, on how we are entering NFL purgatory this weekend. I will explain more coming up. It's Mike Morgan in for Buck. It is 680 The Fan. Thank you, Hubby Hub. His nominee, by the way, great movie that he liked that would never be made today, Raising Arizona. Perfect choice. Again, that's not an obscene movie. It's not because it would be censored or canceled or anything else. It's just a cute comedy with a nice storyline and some good performances that, that doesn't fit the... It's all about franchise. you got to have a franchise. you got to make a movie and then make another movie and sell merch. Raising Arizona doesn't do that. My cousin Vinny doesn't do that. I like to feel like I'm not a part of the problem for Hollywood, but I feel bad. At, uh, outside of Oppenheimer, the last, like, five movies I've been to were either John Wick or Star Wars. You so, are part of the problem. Yeah, I'm part yes. of the problem. I you guess. are very much part of the problem. Again, I, I don't I don't I don't fault people for seeing those movies, but expand your horizon and watch some other movies that don't involve the supernatural and comic book stuff and sci-fi so we can keep other stories alive, please. Otherwise, I just got to keep relying on uh, Netflix and stuff for that. Uh, History of the History of the World Part 1 was nominated. Soul Man was nominated. Yeah, I mean, that definitely would not be made. <laughs> that would have been canceled 17 times within the first hour. I think it's safe to say that. Time now for the final word. Bucks. Big. Take. Do they do music on this? I would think like Buck would be more of a Bob Goulet type, little background, little. Oh, that's a good call. Strike a little Bob Goulet in the final uh, segment of the we'll show. We'll give you some uh, some outro music. Sure. Okay, sure. Why not? Um, I was thinking about this, by the way. You know, when I'm not doing uh, fill-in work for the one-hour extravaganza, I'm calling games for ESPN. I'm calling games uh, for Compass Radio. I've got an NFL game next Sunday: Titans Texans. And I can't wait because I want to see C.J. Stroud. That is a rookie quarterback that looks like he could be a perennial All-Pro. Falcons are lucky they got him early in the season. Yes, that's like. right. I was at that game, <laughs> yeah. and he was. It was not his greatest game, but he's been terrific. And for those that were bagging on Will Levis, Will Levis looks the part. Did his games in college? I think Will Levis could certainly be a starter in this league. In fact, to my point, if you think Will Levis 
shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. Oh, ho, ho, do I have some names for you. Welcome to football purgatory. We are now at the point where, I mean, we can't even find 32 decent starters, but because of all the injuries in the NFL, and again, if, if you want... If you want to have the rules where quarterbacks are going, dropping like flies, and we've got to watch this slop, it would be like if Major League Baseball uh, declared a a week of games where it's nothing but number five starters on the mound. And you just watch them all leave after two and a third and giving up seven earned runs and taxing a bullpen. And it's like, oh, yeah, honey, it was great. This final score was 18-17, and nobody could get any outs. The NFL equivalent would be... Guys like this starting at quarterback. This is the fat girl at prom list assembled for this week in the NFL. And if you thought Taylor Heineke versus Jaron Hall was bad, how about Jameis Winston now starting for the Saints? The mercurial former Heisman Trophy winner who completes about 53% of his throws right now. Two touchdowns, three picks. He's regressed for about the last seven years. C.J. Beathard for the Jags. Mitch Trubisky for the Steelers. Tommy DeVito for the Giants. Joshua Dobbs was a great story for a few weeks. He's come crashing down to earth for the Vikings. Joe Flacco. I didn't even know Joe Flacco was still in the league. He's 38. He was washed up five years ago. The Browns are on their third quarterback, so Joe Flacco getting a start. Uh, it looks like it's going to be Zach Wilson for the Jets or Trevor Simeon. Who could forget the two starts from Tim Boyle before they cut him? These are all guys that you're paying to see. Or you're dedicating three hours of your time on a Sunday to watch. Does anybody want to see this? The answer is no. The NFL is a great product, and it, it it's almost Teflon. You can't not have eyeballs on the NFL. But if I have to watch more of backup quarterbacks starting on any given Sunday to watch these games, it's a tough watch. It just is. So I don't care if you. Th- I, I don't care if you think that it's too soft. I don't care if you think that it's. Uh, you know the rules are unfair. I need. I need my quarterbacks healthy. And that is your final word. Uh, shout out to our friends at Howard Brothers for the final word. Love you, Howard Brothers. Love you indeed. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on a number of things going into this week from a Brave standpoint. The, the Otani thing is hopefully going to be wrap up here at some point, but I don't think anybody is counting on the Braves picking that up. You got a left fielder, every, like everybody else, looking for a number five starter. We don't need to overhype the winter meetings. Not much comes out of it. You know what? And Alex, I trust. Alex Anthopoulos hardly ever makes the major move. He just makes moves that makes sense and stand the test of time proof is in the pudding my friends that's going to do it for us our thanks to derek thomas behind the glass david hubbard hubby hub reuniting with me here on the airways full circle folks chalini and domino got an award-winning program coming up next for everybody thanks for tuning in stopping by the buck baloo show mike morgan saying so long enjoy the rest of your day thank you buck What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. 
Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. 